0: Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game. Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. Action is the foundational key to all success. And that's by the very successful Pablo Picasso. So I want to welcome you again. Thank you for joining me. I'm Lucy, as always, and just reminding you, I'm looking for people who would like to have a business audit as a podcast. So I'm going to be looking into your website, how you sell, other aspects, and then we'll chat about that, and then I'll share some tips or action plans to move forward and perhaps stop leaving money on the table. So just contact me at lucydumascoaching.com, Lucy with an I. And I always appreciate when you share this podcast, tell your friends, subscribe, rate, review, all that cool stuff. All right, I'm just gonna jump in. I'm super excited to chat with Heather Chesky today. Heather officially got her start as a full-time photographer 10 years ago in Northern Virginia, after being unexpectedly laid off from her steady day job. With an eight-month-old baby at home and zero formal business marketing or sales training, she amazingly set about to replace her income she lost with photography. And within a year, she not only replaced the income, but doubled it. And I'm sure it's gone Up, up, up from there. And then other photographers began reaching out for mentoring. So she shifted her focus to help others with her program called the Booked Photographer. So she's got the booked photographer. I've got the profitable photographer. So it's a it's a good bookend. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And in spite of the fact that she has a thriving business, she believes in faith and family first. So that the business supports her life and you know, she knows what her central focus is. I don't know if I said that right, but Perfect. Heather, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. It's an honor to be here. I'm excited.
0: So Heather, I would love to know a little bit about your background that got you doing photography, uh, especially if it goes back to, I don't know, when you were two, you picked up a camera mm-hmm. or <laughs> yeah. something. You could do that in one minute or less. That would be awesome. Sure.
1: Sure. So I've actually been a photographer for actually about two decades now. So about 20 years, probably a little over than that. I started when I was in high school and my sophomore year. So that's way back in the film age, which I'm sure we have a lot of photographers who might never have tried on film. Um, But that's when I officially got my start. I had an absolutely incredible photography teacher, someone who I'm still in contact to this day, you know, two decades later. Mm -hmm. And she just really was just an amazing teacher teacher. I loved working in a dark room. I loved learning that. So I took photography all throughout high school and then throughout college. And I never expected it to be my career. I honestly, I just didn't think it was possible to make a income with photography at all. I thought, you know, it was just something fun to do on the side and it wasn't a, a quote unquote real job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's how I got my start. Yeah.
0: Now, how do you think you got your business smarts? I know you said... <sighs>
1: Gosh. (laughs) Um, Well, I I appreciate you saying the word smarts, because honestly, I feel like it's been a lot of trial and error over the years, a lot of just, hey, guessing my way through and just refusing to give up. Um, So as you alluded to in the introduction, when I, you know, at this point in time, it was 10 years ago, um, I was working in a university setting, photography was just still something fun to do on the side. And, you know, I was photographing a few weddings here and there, a few sessions here and there. And, even though I wanted to quit the job, the day job that I absolutely hated. It just didn't seem like the smart or the wise thing to do. Mm -hmm. We had an eight-month-old baby, as you already mentioned at the time. And so just like, who am I to give up a steady paycheck for something that's not steady? (laughs) And also too, I don't have any formal business or marketing or sales training. Um, But you know what? I honestly, I I lost my day job and it ended up being one of the best things that happened to me. So that really that first couple of years in business, I learned through the school. School of hard knocks um, and just trial and error. And then um, also, you know, I watched a ton of uh, YouTube, um, also creative live, I would be reading any sort of book I possibly can you know, as much as I possibly could with babies. And I just soaked in as much knowledge as I possibly could. Um, and I think the honestly, the one of the biggest things that really helped the growth of my business early on Was the fact that my family depended on my income, and so that was something that was a non-negotiable for me. So it wasn't just a matter of like, hey, I'm just going to do this for fun, and this is just extra play money. It was like, Mm -hmm. no, like we have bills, we have you know diapers and a car, and so that having that kind of uh, dependence on the financial uh, you know, whatever I made for my photography really, really pushed me onto figuring out how to make this work in a way that I could, you know, just bless my family financially speaking, of course, but then also I wouldn't be uh, gone 24 seven. I could still be present, be with my kids. And, you know, at that time, you know, rock them for their afternoon naps or whatnot. And just, Mm -hmm. you know, to be the mom who is present as well. So I think that definitely played a role in it. (laughs) I think it's really important to actually have a goal that you are just not okay, letting go of in the early years of my business. Um, I mean, I'll just to be perfectly honest, nobody thought I could make a living from photography, nobody mm-hmm. thought I could replace my income. And that's still something that I still hear to this day, like, even 10 years into it, people are like, wait, that's a, a real job. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I have time behind me now. But even still, like, In those early years, my husband, who is very supportive, but was very, very reluctant in those early years and couldn't see how it could make it work, he would actually tell me, "Heather, failure is not an option. Failure is not an option." And I, I would want to punch him in the face when he would say that because I'm like, "It's too hard. Like, I want to just like give up at times." Yeah. But they really just instilled in me, like, "Hey, like, if this is something that I want, then I have to figure out how to make it work Mm -hmm. financially for my family." And I think businesses are successful because they are financially successful. I mean, I know there's a lot of facets into having a successful business, but you can't have a successful business without successful finances. They right. kind of go hand in hand.
0: Yeah. 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 I also relate to that. You learned not by, okay, now I'm going to go to business school, but mm-hmm. like, I'm going to read everything. I'm going to watch everything. Yeah. I'm going to study. Um, I can't remember who it was, but Oh yeah. One my, one of my big coaching mentors, Christian Michelson, he and a friend made an agreement that over the next year, they were going to each read one business book per week wow. and then talk about it. Wow. And he, he kept up with it. His friend quit, but he's a multi-million dollar business coach, has an empire, multi-million dollar every year, and he's contributing a lot mm-hmm. to the world. So that commitment, you know, I, I learned a lot through the professional photographers of America yeah. because at the time there wasn't internet, I could have read more books, but you know, visual. So anyway, so I love that, that there's educational opportunities everywhere. The fact that now there's podcasts. Yes. A lot of people say, gosh, if I just listen to all your podcasts, I bet I could run a business.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And there's, so much free to like very like resources that even don't even cost all that much. Like, I mean, a lot of my favorite business books are books that you can go ahead and get from the local library. So like you really, I mean, you can invest more time. Like there's some people who can invest more time than they can finances and then by all means do it. If you have more time Then, and find those, those, you know, authors or those podcasters or, you know, those YouTubers who have the content that you're trying to learn and Spend time learning and putting in that. Right. And at the
0: same time, you and I would probably fully agree that hiring somebody, getting in a part of a program where you do make the investment speeds everything up.
1: A hundred percent. It was about five years before into my business. Um, when I actually hired my very first business coach, I done smaller programs up into that point, but it was about five years where I was just like, Hey, like I've hit a plateau on my own and I need to work with somebody like one-on-one. And the months that followed that decision were the most, like my business grew leaps and bounds, like <laughs> beyond what I thought was even possible mm-hmm. just from having that kind of accountability and coaching.
0: Right, 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 right. Yeah, I wish there were more coaches when I my first ten years. And yeah. They're just there were mentors, but um and some of my regular listeners are probably sick of hearing me talk about it was a man's world. <laughs> <laughs> but the perspectives just didn't quite resonate with me in terms of yeah. hooking into somebody's wisdom and support. Yeah. You know, even I'd say at conferences or lectures, what should I wear to a wedding? And they'd be like, uh, mm. I don't know, I wear yeah. a tux, you know? Yeah. So it's so wonderful now that there's so many resources.
1: Yeah, for sure. On One that. of the, a- along that same lines, I remember in the early years of my business, there were a lot of people who had successful Photography businesses that I honestly really wanted to learn from, and it were, but like I, I admire their business, but honestly at the time like they didn't have any kids, and I'm like it's totally different when you have kids at home with you, mm. and you know you're pregnant or you're, you're going through labor, your body's recovering, or you're doing nursing, you know seven times a day, or changing diapers, or dealing with <laughs> toddler just Like it's yeah. a totally different ball game. And so one honestly one of the biggest struggles I had those first few years in my business was like I don't see any other young moms doing this, and and it's really hard for me to connect well with the, the husband and wife duo who don't yet have kids but have this amazing business and they're in it together with no kids. Right. I'm like, how do I make this possible for me? <laughs>
0: right, right. Yeah, that must have been really rough <laughs> mm-hmm. to yeah. uh try to put this together just like me. It was very rough to not have mentors for a female photographer. Um, uh, because what I saw a lot is. The people that were the most successful had these amazing wives who were booking, doing the sales, yeah. um, carrying the gear, yeah, uh, keeping the guys organized, and they'd go out and photograph beautifully, and then they had this other team member mm-hmm. that that was unpaid, I mean you know she had to eat and stuff right, <laughs> and I was always my whole active career, especially as a wedding photographer, but even after that was, I really need a wife. Yeah. Now, if I could play back my, you know, change a few things, I would have hired a wife. Yeah. And uh, I did hire some, you know, I have hired people, but not quite someone that was a true partner in my business. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I saw that uh, as beneficial and there were not mentors. For who I was and where I was in my life. So I relate to that too. Okay, so I want to get into some meat of your smarts. (laughs) (laughs) Um, One of the things that I know is very successful when people do it right is to do model calls or enter to wins, um, Facebook ads, things like that. And it's also a good way to waste a lot of time if we're not doing it right. So, (laughs) so can you give us an overall picture?
1: um... Yeah, yeah, I I definitely can. Okay. So I, I first like to say like, this is a really great marketing strategy that can be adopted to honestly, really any niche that you photograph or want to start photographing. And there's a, a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it. Okay. and I'll just hit hit on some some uh, high points. Um, let's start first with like the actual model call strategy. When I, and, and this is a strategy that I teach, and I've definitely utilized it many, many times in my business. Um, but one of the biggest mistakes that I see photographers make when they're trying this strategy is there's a couple of things. Number one, they include everything. So they're like, hey, like I'm building my portfolio and I need to get people in front of my lens. And, you know, will you come model for me? And then they'll just go ahead and give away all the images they took. And that will, uh, it, it basically cuts you off at your knees because it gives you no opportunity to upsell additional digitals or even prints or products if that's if you want to go the product route. Um, so really being clear on like what's included and then making sure you're not including everything. You don't want to give away the farm. Mm-hmm. And um, you want to actually give yourself an opportunity to practice those selling skills to actually make some money with those model calls. Um, another mistake that I see is that people are not um. This is kind of like a double whammy. So point part A is just like opening it up to anybody and everybody and not being super specific on the kind of person they want to do a, a model call for. So let me give you an example. About five-ish years ago, at this point in time in my business it was already super successful i had a thriving wedding photography business i had a thriving high school senior photography business and i wanted to start photographing brands and entrepreneurs and i i loved working one on one with my seniors so i was like hey like why not <laughs> work with brands or like you know solopreneurs and i had been a part of a lot of um, mentoring groups and coaching groups and got to meet a lot of these people who are doing business on their own and i just really j- uh, like jived well with them So I wanted to open up this new leg in my business, but I had zero portfolio for it. So one of the first things I did was I did a model call, but I didn't open it up to anybody or everybody. I opened it up for like, hey, like I'm looking for female entrepreneurs from this range to this range who fall within one of these three niches. Like, so it mm. wasn't like just anybody on Facebook and my right. mother, it was very, very tailored to the kind of clientele that I wanted to work with. I actually ended up getting a whole lot of leads from that, a whole lot of bookings who actually have been repeat bookings. And then I went on and photographed many of their weddings when they got married. So nice. it was a really successful strategy, but like, you know, they actually, they got quote unquote, a free session for me with some free digitals, but I made sales later on in the process mm. while also, you know, building my portfolio. Um, So I think that's one of the other mistakes that I see photographers make is not being super clear on the kind of person they want to work with within a model call. And then kind of back on that one is not pre-qualifying their lead. So just because somebody says, hey, yeah, like I'm available to be in front of your camera, like you can photograph me, I can be your model, doesn't mean that they're (laughs) they're a good fit for you and Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you should spend your time with them. Um, So one of the things that I teach within my mentorship group is actually to create um, kind of like a questionnaire. We call it like an application where anybody who is interested has to take the time to fill out these questions. Of course, their name, their email, their phone number, yada, yada, yada. But then we actually have strategic questions based on, okay, how, how well are they going to mesh with your business and, and your brand? Do they even want additional products or wall art later on? Or are they just wanting the free stuff? So we have to figure out this information beforehand. And so based on those answers, you can get a pretty good idea whether or not somebody's going to be a good fit for you, um, and then also along the same lines, this is something that I I do within my model calls. Whenever I do them, is I absolutely I'll do you know two of, two things at least, um, and I I tell my clients they can do one or the other. First is I require that a credit card is on file. I will more than happy can give a complimentary session. I know I'm going to make back my money, so I'm okay doing that. But if somebody is putting down their credit card information, they are going to be a lot more likely to show up. This also gives me an opportunity to go over my contract with them. So (laughs) on that contract, it says, if you don't show up or if it's a last minute cancellation, they give me the right to charge that card, the normal session fee. So even if somebody completely, you know, and I actually honestly, can't recall ever having this happen. But even if somebody just, you know, bailed on me last minute, I would still get paid that session fee because they already signed a contract and they agreed to it.
0: So I've got like 10 things I wanted to (laughs) ask you. (laughs) (laughs) I did a little timeout for her. (laughs) Breathe. (laughs) (laughs) I get so excited when I'm sharing too. So on the application, what are a couple of questions That can pre-qualify them that aren't so obvious. Like, hey, are you wanting wanting more pictures and are you going to spend a lot of money? That's not what we'd want to ask. Absolutely. What would be a good question that would sort of pre-qualify?
1: Sure. So I love asking why somebody is interested in it. Um, if somebody puts, Oh, because I saw it was for free, that's going to let you know, Oh, all right, that's great. You can get it for free, but it doesn't like, they don't have much else beyond that into it versus, you know, you can get some, I mean, I've had people write these beautiful like paragraphs and stories and kind of like the heart of the matter of why they want to do this. And if mm-hmm. they're taking the time to write out a few sentences that shows a level of interest um, and that they're more committed to following through. So I would say that's, Question number one, and I'm going to give you another question, would be asking what kind. And this doesn't apply to every niche, um, so you'll have to use your best judgment. But basically, like asking, what would do you want to do with the photos after they're taken? And then that way, it kind of gives them an idea of thinking, okay, after all is said and done, where do you actually envision the photos in your home? And this, honestly, I have a um, multiple choice question for this one, so it might be you know whatever products you know you offer albums a few prints uh canvases you and even on there i'll have like just the digitals which i don't tend to push a whole lot in my portrait side of my business but if somebody were to pick hey just the digitals or i just want the free stuff that's another indicator okay like that might not be the best fit
0: got it got it so then part two uh, about the credit card on file i love that um I, what I do is I collect for any if it's a charity auction, if it's an enter to win, yep, uh, or if it's a model call, I collect a refundable deposit.
1: Yep, and that's the other way to do it, where you charge a, a nominal fee, and then like you can you know apply that towards a product or digital order later on if you want to get paid up front. So right. either way works. The I think right. the important thing is just making sure that you get a credit card in some shape or format on file.
0: Right, right. So for me, it's high enough that A, if they were a no-show or if they never came in to order, because that's that's an issue too, is that they get the freebie but they don't come in and give me the opportunity to sell them more. So it's enough that if I never saw them again, I'd be like, well, at least I made two hundred dollars. Right. And it's enough that people who are like living paycheck to paycheck, $200 is a lot of money out of their pocket at one time. If they're like, well, I'll, I'll maybe borrow it from my mom or something. So I like having that that actual cash in hand, but I love that credit card idea yeah. too for some people that might not be comfortable with uh, actually taking money. Right. Okay. So there, I got I got to put my two cents in on both of those. I think that was the questions and comments that I had when I was listening to uh, your great ideas. I love I love the tips about those subtle questions because I've yes. kind of been stuck. Like, how do you ask? Like, I tend to pre-qualify from the conversation
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, forming a relationship with them and and getting them either super excited or if they're, you know, a little wishy-washy, then, then I can on the phone be like, well, okay, I've got your application and I'm going to review. Now, if I do a model call, I always have a limited number of spaces. Do you do that?
1: Yes. So I believe you need some sort of a limiter or urgency factor involved. You can you having both is great, or one or the other, at least, but basically, like, hey, you know, this is this is, is going to end you know, in two weeks. So like, there's a limited time period of when you can actually sign up, or you're like, we're only allowing x number of participants, or, you know, it could be any number of things. So I personally don't like to say like, "Hey, I'm only doing this for three people," because I might get like five or ten applications that are all yeah. ideal. So I personally don't like that. But if if you're a photographer who likes that, you definitely can do it that way. I yeah. kind of like to leave things open-ended because I'm like, if I have ten hot leads and I'm going to pursue them all.
0: Well, I am too. I just put, you know, I'm looking for five people. Yeah. For fill in the blank, and yes. here's what you get. Here's yep. how you apply and then if I get 25 and I want to work with all of them you know nobody yeah that's between me and me
1: yeah no and I think that's a great way to put it we're saying I'm looking for x number of people versus hey um like only five spaces available versus I'm looking for five people because you want to be like having integrity with your words and making sure you're not saying like uh, a false limiter or false scarcity
0: right it is sometimes hard to back away from somebody that you really know is not a good fit.
1: Yeah, especially if you need the booking or you need the income, it can be challenging to say no to that. <laughs> yes, yes.
0: Now, this is just a little little segue for a second. Um, I learned the hard way not to tell somebody we're not a fit. Mm-hmm. Because saying we're not a fit can hurt people's feelings. And I accidentally did that with a woman who we definitely were not a fit, but she went to every photography vendor mm. that I would ever work with or ever have and told them what a terrible person I was, and all wow. kinds of things, even though she was ready to book me. Wow, and uh, it I probably lost fifteen weddings, I lost wow. leads that it was six months before I realized. Somebody that always sent me work didn't. And when I called and said why, they said, Oh, well, so and so called and said you were this, this, and this. And it's like you run across a snake on a path. Right. You don't want to go,
1: stop, we're not compatible to this. Right, (laughs) right. Just want to move in the other direction. Yeah,
0: back away slowly. So what I so that, you know. Not available, or you know, just there's different ways to word it that helps yeah. them still feel good about themselves, um, right? Meanwhile, back to the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so anything else now? Could you just quickly tell us, like, what would a model call? And I'm assuming we're doing a Facebook ad, mm-hmm. do you do ads, or do you do post and and uh, boost?
1: Yeah. So you can definitely do organic. That's totally cool. Um, I definitely think, you know, reaching out to your warmer list, your warmer audience is super valuable. Um, and I've also done quite a few with ads and we teach that in my program as well. Um, I will say though that I do not like boosting posts. So I never recommend that. There's a lot less, um, uh, I feel like you're, you're kind of handcuffed. Um, There's a lot less you can do with it. And I feel like Facebook is not as intuitive when it comes to boosting as it does, like if you're working through the ads manager. So while it might be more of a learning curve for sure, I definitely think there's better, you get better results from it, better quality leads.
0: Okay. So a good tip. So can you tell us like what it might say in the picture you might choose? Yeah. let let's say family you're trying family i have a client who needs she really needs models but she also needs to earn some money so what if you're looking for families yeah. what would you say on a on a facebook ad
1: Yeah, that's great. So I would say encourage that person or whomever else is doing this to even get more clear on their ideal client. So families is great. So you're dealing with a mom, but how old are kids or how many kids does she have? And like including that in your imagery and also your copy, which is the written portion of the ad will be super valuable, the more specific you can be, the better it will be. So one of the things that I teach is in your ad and honestly, in marketing in general, it's important to call out the person that you want to work with. So it could be simple as, you know, starting off your copy with saying, Hey there, mama, or like, um, you know, just saying, Hey mama, or like, you know, however you would reference a mom friend or whatever. And then saying something like we have uh, an amazing special Um, And then you can go into whatever your special is I'm offering, or I'm looking for five families with kids age range from this to this. So again, um, we don't want like grown kids. We don't want kids in their thirties and forties. You maybe want, you know, babies, or you might want preteens. Like you Mm -hmm. can determine that however you want to. And then I would have like a time on it. So like up, like we're in the fall time. So it could be like for upcoming fall family photos, um, something like this. If you want to take part, you would say like, Um, we're offering a compliment. Okay. And this is where we can kind of do, there's a lot of freedom here. So I'm just going to share one of the ways you can do it. You could offer a complimentary session plus money towards products. So basically it's like we're offering, we're offering a complimentary session, a complimentary session plus X amount towards prints, products, and digitals total value of XXX, whatever that is. Um, And that way people are associating it with a dollar amount. So they know it's not free. And I would actually say, take it one step further and not use the word free (laughs) in Mm -hmm. your ads and Mm -hmm. use the word complimentary. um, Mm -hmm. And then say, interested question mark, click here to fill out this short form and we'll be in touch. Mm. So it's like a matter of two or three sentences.
0: Great. And when they click, do you have a favorite platform for that questionnaire?
1: So what I recommend, and this is what I've done, is basically using Jotform is a really good like survey builder, but there's also SurveyMonkey. So building out a form there, but then embedding it onto your website.
0: So Jotform or SurveyMonkey. Yeah,
1: those are the two popular ones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: You don't have to have a whole lead page and different complicated things.
1: No, like if you, a photographer has a website we don't need to add more tools than than what we really need. Like use what you have. Obviously you need something to collect that information, which Jot and both honestly, Jotform and SurveyMonkey for the purpose of this marketing strategy, you just use their free versions. You don't have to pay for anything. Okay. Um, And then, so yes, the ad would go ahead and go directly to that landing page, that survey, that application page where that person would fill out those questions and then like hit the submit button um i would also just make a note like make sure we have testimonials on that page and then maybe show a few more um images of the c- kind of client that you're targeting just so it kind of is matches um mm-hmm. and then also don't forget the thank you page like that is wasted real estate if you don't do anything on it If you're super brave, I would actually say get out your phone and record like a one to two minute video just saying, hey, we got your application. I'm so excited to look over it. it. We're going to look over it in the next couple of days. And then, you know, basically, you're going to tell them what's going to happen next, how you would follow up with them. You could even make sure like if you're selling products, you could even say you have an opportunity to purchase like galleries like this, and you can show those products before you Mm -hmm. even get to the conversation. So you can definitely do a lot of um, planting the seeds. For mm-hmm. a future sale later on.
0: Great, I love that. Love that. So, are they then also encouraged to go to my website and look at what I do and things like that?
1: Yeah. So you could you could definitely include that. I would say though, um, from the if you're going from the ad, I would say get them to your application page. Yeah. And have them fill that out in, first because mm-hmm. that's going to be how you collect their information, and you'll be able to remarket to them later on the thank you page, if you want them to look at other spots on your website or follow you on social media, that would be the ideal place to have those links.
0: Okay, perfect. And one of the things I've seen where people are like, I tried a model call and it didn't work. Yeah. And I've been like, okay, show me. And so I click on something and it's on their website. So you see all the other buttons. Yeah. And there's too much to read and it's yeah. way at the bottom and you're just exhausted. It's yeah. like, no, like what I hear you saying. So tell me if I'm on target. No, you're absolutely right. Simple, sweet questionnaire, a mm-hmm. few pictures. Um, don't get them lost in. So when you say embed, I'm assuming you mean. Where it's not showing up as a page on a website where they can accidentally start clicking away.
1: Right. So, like if you put it on your website, let's just say yournamephotography.com would be like your web, your homepage. It wouldn't show up on your homepage at all, but you can create like yournamephotography.com backslash application. Right. And then the only place you have that link is from your ad or wherever you're promoting your model call.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. I have an online course on selling. Um, selling is my superpower.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and super important too. <laughs> most people
0: purchase three to seven, eight wall portraits. Nice. So you your your superpower, I'm sure you help people with that as well. Yeah. But you know, getting the leads and then I'm like, then I know how to get the money. So let's see, why did I go off bragging about myself? <laughs> oh, just so I want people to know. There you go. Um, what was the point of why did I say that? <sighs> Oh well, if it pops in my head. I also like what you said about that you're collecting things so you can remarket.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So any like say 6 months goes down the road and you had a, a lead fall through before you do a Facebook ad, you can follow up with your email list and send, you know, a same or similar model call and maybe at that time it would be a better for them to move forward. So um, don't, don't waste that. When somebody reaches out to you or it takes the time to leave their name and email address with you, they are a, a very good lead. And it just is a matter of following up with them in a timely manner. And then um, consistently, whether that's every week, every month, whatever it looks like, make sure you're still at the top of their mind.
0: Right, right. I, I'm big on uh, a monthly newsletter yeah. that is short and sweet and fun. One of my coaching clients... He has this beautiful format. It's all black and white, fits him. He's this handsome, long-haired French guy that's super nice. (laughs) And everything he puts on that almost always is black and white. And he's got a little checklist. And so I open it every time Mm -hmm. because it's interesting. It's not a sales, it's not a commercial, but man, if I wanted uh, a portrait in black and white, he'd be your person either. He does great lifestyle. He does. His name is Antoine DDA. I need to get him on my show. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> okay. I wish I could remember what it was, but I can't remember right now. So it'll pop in my head. So is there anything else on that? We might have a few minutes for another topic that is in your expertise. Yeah.
1: So, and I'm sure, I'm sure Like. You've gone into this as well, but like with the specific model call marketing strategy, I think it's super important that, like, once you get that application come through, you don't sit on it. (laughs) Like, don't (laughs) wait a week or two weeks or four weeks before you actually reach out to them. Actually, have a solid follow up process, whether you're emailing them, texting them, or you know, you schedule a time to get on the phone, whatever that looks like. I think that's super important to respond quickly. And then at that point in time, when you have that conversation with them, that's when you explain, hey, we require a credit card to be on file, or it's this amount, and then it's applied towards your product over order, however you define that, but they actually have to complete that contract and leave a credit card or, or pay you whatever amount to get on your calendar. And then you can plan the session. And then as far as like upselling later, which I'm sure, you know, a lot of your stuff goes into this, but I am adamant on educating my clients on, on the products that we offer. So I don't mm-hmm. want them seeing the products for the first time when we're actually at the ordering appointment. So I actually have a very solid product process for introducing the products that they can purchase in a variety of formats and um, basically how how I prep them for this session. I also prep them for the ordering appointment and I make sure they see visuals I make sure they see pictures of my past clients and their products and testimonials. So mm-hmm. I'm planting seeds throughout the entire process right. and again, that just leads to a really high quality model call client and my model call clients have been multiple thousands of dollars in sales. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So it, it can be incredibly valuable, but there's a lot of pieces in that process to make sure that you have lined up in order to get those kind of a results.
0: Right. I, I love that you say plant seeds because that's yeah. huge part yeah. of how people end up buying mini wall portraits and books is step-by-step. Step. I have these little systems where, um, one of them is I have them look around their home yeah. and photograph any potential spaces that might be great places for uh, wall portraits. Absolutely. And I think what it does besides giving them that moment to see, and I'm looking around as we're talking, (laughs) it gives them that moment to ponder. But also I think that then if they've thought, you know what, it would be great to have a family picture right there. Then it looks kind of empty and lonely until (laughs) we get to it. So it's creating a little, sense of desire and yeah. and maybe loss like you know the anticipation so that's
1: right and, when, and I do very uh, something very similar to that where like once, like every time they walk by that living room and they see that blank space above their couch, they'll be like, oh man, like I really do want a portrait there. So every time they're in the living room, there is going to be a subconscious thought. And so when it comes time for the ordering appointment, you're not necessarily the one saying, oh, get this. And they've already told themselves a half dozen times, oh, I do want this portrait over the couch mm-hmm. in my living room. So right. it's a lot easier to sell from that place versus, oh, so, like getting to the order appointment like okay so what products are available
0: right and right. starting
1: that right then and there
0: right sales is psychology mm-hmm. um, my program I didn't realize until I started coaching and teaching and speaking on podcasts how much of a system I've had that I created yeah and what I discovered and I think I read this somewhere this word and it was like that's it that is, it. It is to become the trusted advisor. So you build a relationship where they lean into our leadership. We plant those seeds. We build a relationship. And then if they're the ideal client, meaning they can afford what we do and they'd love what we do, then we just take their hand and yeah. walk them through and and they trust us. So I'm Absolutely. guessing that your clients feel that, same way like oh yeah you know they're not like so part of my pre-qualifying i'm not sure i would guess you whether you've thought about specifically or not or anyone listening that if you're feeling like it's a tug of war they're doing pushback they're trying to yeah. negotiate they're not going to be leadable and they're going to be more resistant to the process right and it's not going to be that fun for either one of us exactly <laughs> so, yeah okay
1: Any other things in that topic that you've left out? As far as the model call? No, I think those are the high points. I mean, yeah, I think we covered like the top three or four high points for that.
0: Okay, awesome. So, and thank you. I -hmm. I love it. There's a couple other people that teach the model calls. And you have some twists that are a little bit different and a lot that's the same. Mm -hmm. But but seeing things from a different angle is really helpful. Sure. So what to say on social media and websites so you can attract your ideal clients? Do you have a few minutes just to give a little touch on
1: that? Yeah, yes. So actually, this kind of leads back into what we're talking with the model call is being super specific with the kind of person you want to work with. Um, And I'm going to share an example of this. My family and I are going to go on a trip next month. And every time we go on a family vacation, I make a point to hire a family photographer. And so this trip was no exception. I really enjoy being on the other side of the camera. And honestly, it's one of the best ways to learn about your business as well. And so this time when I was, and honestly, every single time, this has not failed. Every single time I'm looking for a photographer I've had really, really hard time finding somebody that's a good fit. Not because there's not a lot of talented photographers. There are. There's so many talented photographers. Mm-hmm. But because their website is too convoluted and it's speaking to too many people at once. So perfect example of this. Um, on one of our past vacations, we went to Florida and I, again, wanted to hire a family photographer, found somebody. I thought her work was absolutely stunning and beautiful. Went to her website to look more about like what she charges, what her collections look like. And she had, I want to say it was like at least 12 or 13 different kind of collections that she mm. offered just towards her family clients, not even including her boudoir, her, fi- her um her weddings, her engagements, like that was just for the families. And even as a photographer who like I'm on the other side of this, like I understand it, it was just way too much way too confusing. And even though her work was good, and I could afford it, and I didn't mind paying for it, it was too confusing for me. So unfortunately, she I didn't hire her, I found somebody else. So I think that is super specific. Like if somebody goes to your website, you want to make sure that you are talking to that particular client. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest hangups that I get from photographers on this is like, they are like, I want to photograph everybody. And like, they don't want to turn people away. And there's nothing wrong with that. You can photograph everybody, but you can't market to everybody. (laughs) That's the issue. You have to market to one or two different people. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to, you know, get those kind of clients. So I photograph a lot of family clients, but you will never find a family client on my Instagram or on my website. They just don't exist. I photograph families as repeat from like my past high school senior or wedding clients. That's how I get a lot of my families. And then just you know friends and acquaintances but I never market to families it doesn't mean I don't photograph them it just means right. that I don't mess up my market message with families I'm focused on the few niches that I want to work with mm-hmm. and on my website I have a dedicated page for each niche so they're not even all mixed together
0: great yeah I love that or yes a plus <laughs> I agree <laughs> I have another you know a little thought Hanging in my brain over here, but I wanted to say totally agree with that. So I also wonder, tell me if you also had this feeling, the woman that had so many confusing options, even if I could make sense of it, I would be a little suspicious about her professionalism.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, if it's this confusing for me just to even hire you, what's the process like for actually being your client? Like it's going to be this confusing, like, you know, signing the contract or paying you or going to the session or getting my images. Like if it takes, (laughs) like, if I can't understand you now, I'm not going to understand you later.
0: Right. Or even someone that's that scattered. Yeah. Maybe they're not going to print or use a good printer or like that, that they're not At the level that I'd be looking for. Right. You know, myself, or I'm guessing you're looking for someone who is really a professional. Right. Something I've found, too, is if someone's work is spectacular and their prices are really cheap, Mm -hmm. then to me, then I either wonder, is this even their work?
1: Yeah.
0: Did they take this all at uh, like, what are those where you set up? Models and a bunch of people get together yes. and like a shootout
1: kind of a thing,
0: yeah, like a portfolio building thing. Yes, um, yep. are they just somebody that uh needs to hire a coach <laughs> to right. price themselves, you know, according to their work? And there's th- someone that just hasn't made that turn. But sometimes I've even almost cried when I've gone to a website where I thought, oh my gosh, this is a magnificent photographer, and then they post their pricing. And you know that's a whole other conversation about <laughs> right. pricing and posting and and such. But yeah, so your social media, your website needs to be pre- specific, <laughs> specific,
1: yeah, specific, specific, or
0: specific. West coast, absolutely. east
1: coast, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, and beyond message. Yeah, yeah, and so you know, I I mean, I'm sure you get this too, where one of the biggest challenges i hear photographers say all the time is that you know they just don't know how like their marketing isn't working or they're wondering how to book clients and it's like a marketing related challenge but if you get to the heart of the matter it's not necessarily marketing it's like there's you don't know how to communicate with the client you want to work with so of course your marketing is not working because you are not communicating in a way that they understand
0: right 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 we specialize in everything is that yeah yeah yes something um like there are some people who teach not to have a niche. But when I go to their work and what they're doing, they actually have a niche in their style. It's just that they're they'll do branding and weddings and, right. and things, but but they have a strong, beautiful visual style. Right. That, um, and that works, but Indoors, outdoors, babies, headshots, you know, you've got to market each one, at least tell me if you think this is true, but each specialty is like a job that you have to reach out to them. So if we're doing several, then, you know, can't be everywhere, right?
1: Right. Right, yeah. exactly, yeah. Because like, if you think about your different niches, like your ideal bride is going through da- very different challenges and a different season in life than your ideal high school senior or your I- ideal newborn client and that mom who's having her mm-hmm. baby for the first time, like they're in completely different seasons of life and they're, how they talk to themselves and what they're looking for is also different. So you got to meet them where they, they are.
0: Right, right. I often recommend that people form uh, relationships with other vendors that serve the same community.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Now,
0: when I did weddings, I was the queen of that without realizing
1: mm-hmm. I was.
0: It's just that I'm a person that always makes connections and refers people and such. That's great. But none of those when I switched to baby photography transferred over yeah. to get work from the cake baker that right. I recommended. That recommended me maybe a birthday party here and there, but. Yeah, had to build a whole new network of people that were hanging out with new moms and sure. and such. So anything else in the what to say social media and website?
1: Yeah, yeah, I would say um the best way to figure out what to say is talking to one of your ideal clients or somebody who has been like an ideal client in the past and really figuring out, okay, like, why did they hire you? What were their concerns when they booked you? Um, or their concerns about being in the photos or, you know, just fi- figuring out, okay, how did they think about like what I'm offering them? And then you use their words as your website copy. And then also in any form of marketing do so that would also play into like your Facebook ads and then just your normal social media posts.
0: Okay, that's awesome. Any other well, we still have just a little bit of time. Any other hot tips on that? Oh, hot tips on that
1: um, about like attracting your ideal clients in general. We we talked about a lot. <laughs> yeah, so so on the
0: topic. So number one was communicating to who it is you want to book. Number two was a great way to figure out what to do is to talk to ideal clients or mm-hmm. people who've had experiences. You know, maybe they've never worked with you, but maybe it's just a friend that lives somewhere else that hired a pro and find out what the experience mm-hmm. that they liked, what the value is, and use that as copy and so forth. So is there a number three
1: so one of the things that I teach my students is to actually you know if you if you can get one person to have these conversations with, great, um, but get a couple of people. and then also one of the things that I've just implemented in my process of working with clients is questionnaires. So -hmm. when they fill out a a contract to book me, I also send them a questionnaire. And so that also gives me a lot of insight into why they booked me in the first place, Ah. what it is they want or what struggles they have. So this is actually a process that's not a once and done, you can check it off. This mm-hmm. is something that you'll want to continue to do because the market changes. Um, you know, people change, the market changes. So you want to make sure that you're still relevant over time. So that's just one of the ways that I've been able to implement it in my business um, with every single client that I work with is just by the simple fact of using questionnaires. And then a lot of what you were saying earlier is like when I'm with their, at their sessions, just having conversations with them. And then I I'm take notes. And like if something starts coming up from, you know, a couple different clients are all saying the same thing that kind of like ding, ding, ding tells me, okay, Mm -hmm. I need to, this might be a new angle to come on on, or this is a concern that a lot of my clients are having. So how can I address it in my marketing or in my, you know, how I speak to them on the initial consultation Mm. or just in my experience together. So we always want to be asking these questions and always listening essentially.
0: Yeah. Paying attention and then having someplace that you Keep collecting the information rather than just like, oh, I noticed that, like write it down.
1: Yes. That you can refer back to. And then also if it's written down and you're creating, let's just say your social media for the next month or whatever, you might feel tempted to think, oh, like I'm stuck. I don't know what to say. That is a great place to go reference. Oh, what are your current client's? already like about what you're doing or, you know, what are the concerns they have and how can your marketing address those? And so like, it's a good jumping off point to actually market your business as well.
0: Yeah. So do you also do questionnaires after the session's over?
1: Yes, I personally do. Yeah. So like when they first uh, hire me, um, and this is honestly, most of the questions on that are more specific towards the actual session they want and making sure that it's like to their liking and unique for them. And then afterwards, of course, it's a lot of follow-up questions making like, this is also where I get my testimonials. Um, But then also just like, you know, any, like what they enjoyed most about it, what what they um, valued most about it, what was most transformative for them, those kind of, you know, questions. Great.
0: Great, great. Well, I don't want to keep you much longer because I know you have some little ones. How old are your kids?
1: They're not. They're not so little anymore. I know, they're but, 10 and 7. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, yeah. Well,
0: they're, they're as little as they're going to be.
1: <laughs> that is true. <laughs>
0: and at least one of them needs some mommy, I don't feel too yes. good time. Yeah. Um, so I have two questions. First one is just, well, no, two and a half. So I know that you have you have a little giveaway you have a what do we call it a complimentary
1: yeah uh, gift yeah yeah that's a good way to put it. So <laughs> what is that
0: and and how do we find that?
1: Sure. So, um, basically, I have a mini course available. Again, it's completely complimentary, and it's you know it's not honestly it's not too long. You could watch it in a single afternoon while you're enjoying your cup of coffee or a glass of wine, whatever <laughs> whatever suits your fancy. Mm-hmm. But it's just a little crash course that just kind of goes more in detail about the. Um, the things that are necessary in order to build a fully booked and profitable photography business, I kind of take that big, overwhelming, maybe confusing, um, you know, thing that we all want and break it down into, okay, these are the five, honestly, it's five steps that you need to master in order to get to that place. A lot of what we've, you know, you know, some of what we talked about here, a lot more of what we haven't, um, but they can find that at www.thebookedphotographer.com, com um, backslash crash course. Um, That is where we have that.
0: Okay. Is it crash dash course?
1: Yes, I believe so. Crash let me dash. Know. <laughs> <A> crash <laughs> dash course. Let me, let me make sure. And
0: it's in the show notes. So it is. No okay, good. And then what's the best way to reach out to you?
1: Um, honestly, just from my website. So it's the My you'll be able to reach out to me um, there. My email is posted, or you know you can sign up for my email list, and then just you know, honestly replying back to any email I send, I Great. you know make a point to respond to those as well. Awesome. Oh, Great. or you could find me on social media too. So that would be the other place. Instagram just shut me down last month, so I'm working on building a whole new oh, Instagram. So oh I lost about nine thousand followers, so oh, it might geez. look a little sparse, but um, yes. but I am available at Heather underscore Chesky um, on Instagram.
0: Okay. C-H-E-S-K-Y.
1: That is correct.
0: Chesky. Cheese sky.
1: Cheese sky. That's (laughs) that's another (laughs) way to say it. (laughs) Uh, And so my
0: last question is uh, to give you the opportunity either to add something that you might think, oh, I wish I had mentioned, you know, that hot tip or just uh, what you're Last word to leave people with,
1: yeah. So I would just want to really encourage your listeners just to not give up on their dream um, and to really just push past any sort of negative emotion they might be feeling. One of, or just self doubt. Um, One of the things that I've learned in business is like, while we are human beings and we have a lot of feelings, um, businesses are not run on feelings. They're run on honestly strategic um, business principles. That once you learn them, you can apply them in your business and actually get results. So I would just say, like, you know, I I know a lot of my students and you know, following struggles with like self-doubt or comparison or just feeling like they're not enough. And I can relate so much to that. But if you can just put your feelings on the shelf and really just dive into learning from, you know, your podcast and the other, you know, amazing, valuable content that's out there and just doing what's what is taught. These are people who've been there, who've done that. They they know like they can really shortcut your path. So uh, I think it's just a matter of um, just do the work. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Just do the work. Do the work. <laughs> Everything yes. it's available to you, you're capable to so just yeah. do the work. <laughs>
0: it's not It's not rocket science. It's a system. And yeah. a lot of us have made a great living and had a yes. lot of fun doing what we're doing for, I don't know if you know, I've been in this game for 40 years, Heather.
1: Amazing. I love it. Ups and downs, (laughs)
0: but it's still so exciting and so fun. So be sure to stay tuned for my quickie wrap up. And Heather, I just absolutely love your energy and all the hot tips. And so just want to thank you times a million for being (laughs) on my show.
1: Well, thank you. It's been an honor. Thanks. So before I do my quickie wrap
0: up, just a reminder that I am looking for people who would like to find out where they're leaving money on the table in their business with an audit of the business that we record for a podcast. And we'll be just looking for some areas where you can make a few changes. You'll have some specific tips and other people will learn from that conversation. So just go to LucyDumasCoaching.com and go to the contacts, or you can just email me, Lucy with an I at lucydumas.com. And she was awesome, wasn't she? So we talked about model calls and she started with some of the mistakes. So don't be confusing. Don't include everything like, oh, you get 20 digitals with a session. Leave some space. When you do a, a model call or a giveaway where people can buy more from you. Unless you're truly only looking for models and you're not ready for that. But get yourself ready. <laughs> um, be specific about who you're going to work with. Don't just be open to anybody with a pulse. Number three is have a system where you pre-qualify people. So she has an application with some great questions. I talked about just some of the things that I do in my first phone call to pre-qualified people. Um, Number four, she gets a credit card on file and that helps pre-qualify because if they're not willing to do this, they're not really somebody that you want to potentially be doing free stuff with and hoping that they will purchase more. I collect a refundable actual deposit and they can have it back or they can spend it when they come in for the sales session. We talked about how you write a model call. So you want to be very specific. Who are you looking for? What do they get? Um, Not just I'm looking for, I don't know, a woman for boudoir, but I'm looking for this certain age, and some other specifics. Um, We talked about, you can go back and listen to the actual structure of a Facebook ad. And we talked about marketing some. And she said, marketing is about communication. And a great way to figure out how to communicate is to figure out what people are concerned with and what experiences they want to have. And she listens to her clients a lot and has questionnaires so that she can use those in her communication. So that is it for today. And I am super excited that you've taken the time to listen. And I would love feedback either on Facebook or sending me an email because We put all this effort into this and it's lonely here in my little recording booth sometimes. So I want to hear from you, please, please, please. All right. Bye for now. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.